Welcome to the Independent Dealer Podcast with hosts Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson, a podcast by dealers for dealers. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Independent Dealer Podcast. Today we are coming to you live from NIADA 2021 convention in the Dealer Lounge. Incredible guest, guys. If you're watching this a on the video, legend. you see the face. Mr. Joel Escoda here. We've cornered him. We tied him down. Luke's been hanging onto his ankles all week trying to, you know, And he's him. tall and fast. And he's very wiry. He is. Very wiry. So he shakes you, you right off and then he's gone. Yeah. And so, uh, luckily, after the Chris Collins thing this morning, and that was pretty, that was interesting, I thought. It was, wasn't it? Very interesting. Uh, we were able to corner Joe. And first off, Joe, where you been? I actually uh, have done a lot of consulting work and educational work and designing programs, uh, educational programs, uh, with a couple of major franchise manufacturers. Uh, I've spent a lot of time up in uh, Canada uh, as they are revamping their educational process and looking to help dealers with used cars. Great. So they sell used cars in Canada? I got to tell you, they're killing it, just like we are in the U.S. Uh, they all have snowshoes on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can tell you, I don't miss that clue. I, no, I'm surprised no, you got no. out. I thought once you're in Canada, you're stuck in Canada well, right now. Well, that's I got out just in time because okay. I would have been good. stuck in Canada. Good, good. Uh, so that border shut down. And I do miss, I made a lot of friends up there. The dealers are really, really awesome. They're almost like independent dealers. Mm. Really awesome. Really down to earth. Aren't you uh, from, are you from there? From Canada? No, yeah. I'm from Jersey. Almost like it. Okay. Just, well, just, just more you, rude. But you've always worked up there a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Up there for almost 15 years. <laughs> just more rude? Just yeah, more rude. I like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they'll yeah. cut you in New Jersey, but they will uh, offer you a Molson in Canada, right? Why don't you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> Talking trash. Oh, yeah. goodness. Oh, goodness. Joe has filled us with so much education this week. Uh, a couple of great breakout sessions. You hosted some good stuff. I mean, obviously you've been busy. You're in touch with the community. It's not like you, you've been gone. You, you've been fine tuning and working well, the on. The part is keeping up with what's going on. Yeah. As you look at uh, what is stagnant, what is not, and this business, of course, has always changed, but it's been more challenging over the last couple of years, over the last three years. Uh, COVID has had certainly its impact. The economy has its impact. The president has its impact and so on and so forth. So it's been a little crazy. Um, so my biggest challenge as an educator is to keep up with what's going on. Uh, the good, the bad, and the other. Yeah. And from the franchise standpoint, uh, as well as the independent standpoint, because quite frankly, the franchise really directs what happens in the used car market. Sure. You don't get used cars unless you sell new. Yeah. So, and we've really seen that lately. Oh, no kidding. Oh, my. Yeah. So that's an interesting point you bring up, Joe, because, uh, you know, we're dealers, so us interviewing people, we can kind of stay on top of what's actually going on. You not being a dealer, how do you maintain that what's going on I mean are you calling other dealers are you in their stores what how does that work I'm in stores uh, certainly for the last year and a half I've been zooming okay all right uh, I chose not to go into dealerships uh, since I'm trying to keep myself healthy mm-hmm. uh, but I have to keep up with dealers and actually I'm going to keep up with the uh, the I guess it's the OEMs the manufacturers because that's really what is prompting a lot of the educational questions they want to know what's going on and you really want to find out what's going on. You really want to look at customers and what are their thinking, what are their changes in their and their habits. And certainly, no one predicted that we would have the kind of banner two years that we've had. No one had thought of that. Mm. They thought COVID would shut things down yeah. and everyone hunker down. No one anticipated all the free money. Right. <laughs> Everybody, Number one, yeah. Yeah. They, no one, and no one anticipated the government would be so generous in giving all these down payments. The second thing was no one anticipated that uh, you know those that didn't drive 
couldn't take it anymore amongst their own families. They want to get out. Yeah. But they got rid of the cars, Ubered. Now, Uber was really the big thing, and then they realized, I don't want to sit in the car with a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to Uber anymore. I want my own car. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, all the things that happened, we didn't think it would happen. And as quickly as it happened, right? Oh, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was it's instantaneous. True. It feels like a blink, right? Oh, it was a blink. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I, I, I think I've said this on podcast before, but I heard another guy on a podcast say that technology advanced five years in the matter of like several months. I mean, have you seen that also in the car business? Well, technology—the way we do business—that has been. That's, we've implemented technology. We've implemented technology. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, I had tried to get dealers for years to start looking at that, uh, warning oh, yeah. about how we should be addressing, and those dealers who got a jump start five years ago, uh, and actually, listen to me, uh, they did much better, they fared much better. And ironically, you still have dealers who are banking on floor traffic, they're still banking on their local market, they're not looking at you know the entire country, and quite frankly, other countries. You know, that's, that's interesting, because I remember sitting in 20 Group with you five, six years ago, and you did make us look ahead. We're like, why are we thinking about this right now? Mm -hmm. Well. We didn't realize the things we took from that, you know, uh, getting back leads quicker, thinking about delivering mm -hmm. cars at home, yep. thinking about uh, the appointment being different than the ups because the ups were going away back then. Um, but you really got us to look forward, and, and that's I mean that's one of the great reasons you're such a great educator. Well, that was the reason that actually they when I was asked to uh, conduct a session here. Uh, I asked, well, what do you think the topic should be? I always ask my clients, what do you think the topic should be? What are those asking for? Uh, and I kind of stumbled a little bit, uh, and I guess it was a typical answer. And I thought, you know what? I really want to talk to dealers about preparing for what is going to happen, not what might happen, what's going to happen financially. Right. The market always corrects. Mm -hmm. It always, always, always corrects. Mm -hmm. Those guys who made a ton of money on the AMC theater. <laughs> yeah, GameStop. <laughs> They're going to give it back somewhere, yeah. Well, all these guys forgot to get paid taxes. Yeah. So all these uh, young people who were brilliant uh, and jumped in made a lot of money, but they forgot. Those are short-term gains, and they're taxed at a much higher rate than yeah. long-term gain. Yeah. And some people didn't know you had to pay taxes. Yeah. So I, was, I thought what I wanted to do was share with dealers and remind them that yeah. this is really good money right now, awesome. and they're selling cars like crazy. Uh, but you got to remember, tax structures are changing, and most importantly, this ride will end. Mm. And you better be ready for it financially. Mm -hmm. So how, do we, how does that look? What can a dealer do best to prepare for the downturn that's coming because we we that's coming right so how can we best position ourselves financially to weather those type storms we had in 08 become better business people and less of car dealers yeah. <laughs> in my uh, opinion true you know car dealers are trying to get in the business of uh, i like cars I yeah cars, thought i could I sell them yeah and i thought i could sell them yeah and you heard that and a lot of those guys are now doing yeah. something else they went broke uh, so I so beg dealers to step back from the fun part of the business. That's why you hire people. And chances are you're still doing things that you shouldn't be doing anymore because you're paying someone already to do it and you're doing someone else's job. Yeah, that's and for sure. you're paying big bucks for it. Yeah. Because it's fun and no one's looking at the books. Uh, mm. One of my sessions I brought up the fact that there's probably dealers out there who haven't seen their own financial statement in three months. Mm. You know, they're, they're off of, whoever does the books still has them. Yeah. And what the heck? You know, yeah. why are you not demanding your financials? Well, you don't demand it because you're making money. That's right. Yeah. And as long as you're deep being doing business, yeah, <laughs> selling cars. Pretty sure it's in the black, so it's, I'm it's good. It's in the black. Hey, the bank's not asking me. Uh, and that's and I think so many of us get to that. And one thing I did, you know, one of the main things I learned from your 20 group was that 
um, it, it was about the financials. And, and you and Dave Keller and people like that have, have made me to look at the balance sheet and do what it's supposed to do. When, when we did CMD, I remember you're like, you know, we got to look at the balance sheet. That's where it's at. And so the more you can reconcile, which we were talking about this morning, and know where you are, and you were talking about back then, you know, this. You don't look at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. You got to look as things are happening. Is that the right. way we still have to do it? I mean, because it's There's coming no, at us fast. It's a, it is a business, <laughs> and I know dealers who put five thousand dollars into the stock market today and are on their phone looking at that stock they bought for five grand every, every day, every day, couple three hours, times a day. <laughs> yeah. And you ask them, well, how much inventory are you carrying? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I only laugh about that because <laughs> how much is not ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the same, you you buy a little bit of like cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah, checking yeah. it by the hour. Oh yeah, how many? Yeah, how many? Down? down. But you're right. Yeah. How much inventory are you carrying? Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. How many? What's you know, your average cost of car? Yeah, what I don't pay, know. What are your payables like? Yeah. <sighs> Yes. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's something everybody does is we uh, we stumble over the dollar bills to pick up the pennies. Or yeah. It's know. not you. You look at any business that uh, stumbles, it's the people who got into, the, I'm going to run a restaurant. Why? Because I love to cook. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can love to cook. Which kind so of love just love do that at home, right? Yeah. Tell me with that, Joe. If, if you are a car dealer mm-hmm. and you love to cook, mm-hmm. you love cars. You're not good at financials. Do we need to be good at financials? Is that just like no, a prerequisite? Not, no, not necessarily. Then hire somebody who is good at financials. Get to the point where you can hire someone to give it the attention it needs. You're not just talking about, hey, my buddy does the accounting for me and he sends me a financials once a month or once a quarter. Love many, trust few. Okay. You're saying about... <laughs> sure. But, but to that a point... Partner, it, a partner should be different than the other. Mm. If both people agree, one of you is not needed. Yeah, yeah that's a good right? point. Yeah. So you want to have someone who will help you to disagree with yourself. Mm-hmm. My daughter just opened up a, a wine bar in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. It's called Two Souls a Wine Bar. And the fact of it is my daughter is excellent at customer service. She was born for customer service. Mm-hmm. That's her forte. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the business side, I was concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she has a partner. And the partner is not nearly as good on the serving side in terms of ordering the food, knowing the menus, wines, and so forth. Just not good at it. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the first night they were open, her partner was asked to serve tables. They just didn't have enough people. It was crazy. And when the night was over, she said, you know what? I can't do this part of the business. I'm lousy at it. But she is good at the organizing, the marketing part, so they're perfect. Mm-hmm. If you met my wife, we're totally different. Yeah. I mean, I would have left me a long time ago. <laughs> Even I annoy me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, we're so different, and she keeps me balanced. Yeah. Mm. You know, one of the mistakes that business people ask of their teams, for example, hey guys, I got this idea. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, what you just told them was, I got this idea, I'm going to implement it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just want you to tell me that it's good. That it's good. Yes, that you're on well, board. Do, never ask your people, what do you think of this? Ask your people, well, and, and give them the this. problem. Uh, so, and, and that, Say, here's, here's the issue. Yeah. Now, what I need in this room is some ideas on solutions. If you own the business, what would you do? But never, ever, ever ask, what do you think of this solution? That's interesting. That's so interesting because as entrepreneurs, we're fixers, right? That's what, we're, that's what we think yeah. we are. And, and really, we can get to the point where we're trying to fix too much and not listen to other people. And, and so, I mean, do you think this is something we should do uh, once a week with our staff or just whenever we see a problem that comes up? I think you have to get me used to participating. How many times do we uh, ask anyone how many questions? And hear crickets. See, I'm afraid if I say the wrong thing, I'll get punished in public. 
Mm -hmm. You'll laugh at me, that's a stupid question, or my colleagues will laugh at me. So you have to be used to the idea of asking questions. Mm -hmm. So during your weekly, and you really should have weekly sessions, here's where you are, here's a way to travel, uh, these are situations. And I know salespeople, we like to be positive and there's never a problem, you know, it's always opportunities. But guess what? That's a freaking problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, quit sugarcoating it, Pollyanna. Yeah. This is our challenge uh, and we need to find a way to fix it before the market fixes us. Yeah. So I'm going to toss it out there and I, I need your suggestion. What do you think? That's, that's really great knowledge there. It's something that I think all of us should be doing in our dealership. I think I will implement that soon because uh, we got issues, right? So Everyone does. Even yeah. you know, the wire, ask the wash guy. If you have a problem with reconditioning, quit talking to the manager. He'll only yell about service. Service is <laughs> He'll blame them. The He'll blame the other guy. To me on time. Yeah. No one's asked the wash guy who's mm. working with a vacuum that doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> he's working with one light overhead, so he's getting shadows. And the yeah. fact of the matter is, he doesn't have the supplies he really needs, and there's water sitting at his feet. So as soon as he drives that car out, it makes the car dirty, it splashes water up. But no one asked me his opinion. That's right. We had that problem a few weeks ago, and I was like, why are these seats not coming clean? And I had to go find out why. So I went, and well, the extractor we'd had for years, guess what? It broke three or four months ago, and nobody, it hadn't gotten all the way to they, me yet. They won't tell you. It's amazing. They won't tell you. They're afraid to tell you. Because the last time they told you, you blamed them for breaking it. <laughs> Joe, Joe might be right here. This is a brand new machine. <laughs> the first thing you said was, that machine's well, not... Why'd you break it? That machine's not that old. Take yeah. care of your stuff. You forgot you bought it in the year 2000. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I got things in the house I look at, and I tell my wife, I cannot believe it's broke down. She says, Joseph, it's 17 years old. Yeah. I said... Just don't make them like they used to, I said, to, really? Jeff. Yeah. You don't, yeah, that's 17 years old. I, in my mind, I just bought it. Yeah, sure. What is, then the past year and a half, I guess, is that how long we've been in COVID? Because I've kind of yeah. lost track. What is the biggest impact on dealers uh, in this last year? I mean, we've had a lot of things. What do you think was the biggest? I think the panic mode of not knowing how to sell. And that is, how do I capture business that I was so used to walking through the door? Where do I go now? What do I do? Yeah. And many salespeople are not conditioned prospect. We made them lot lizards. We conditioned them to sit the desk and wait for up. Uh, so we got exactly what we deserved. We got salespeople who weren't used to fishing. They were used to yeah. fish jumping in a boat. Yeah. You got dealers who were used to customers walking in. Uh, we, we enjoyed that business. It was a comfortable pace. And we weren't prepared for being uncomfortable. So I think a lot of it was we didn't manage processes, which, we, by the way, we really had. We just didn't, just threw them away. We went into uh, bunker mode, combat mode. It's every man for himself. Let's look at this thing. The processes went out the window because our salespeople got panicked. They're thinking, how am I going to feed my family? The managers got panicked because they're thinking, how am I make it percentage gross? It's not coming through the door. You panic because banks are saying, you know, we want money. Mm -hmm. Floor planners are screaming yes. for their money and so on and so forth. Uh, and a lot guy just quit because yeah. he's making more money on unemployment than he was what you were paying them. Yeah. Sure. So it wasn't being prepared. You thought huh. you were, and you had these written processes, but because you weren't doing these processes for so long, we figured you didn't have any processes. You know, like, like I say, um, 
if you you have a process, you just may not know what it is. You right? may not know what it is. You forgot, and then yeah, because no one questioned it, yeah. I don't know why you're yelling at me. Because you're violating yeah, company you know, policy. Yeah. I don't know, see, boss. So, so, I didn't know that was a company policy. Where? And where, where is, is this? Where is that written? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just made that up. What I find is interesting is even those the ones where we have the policy or we know we need to make a policy or make a change. It's the speed of getting it in. We're still coming to convention a year and a half later after pandemic, and people are talking about remote retailing and digital retailing. I thought that was, was mind blowing. And you're like, yeah, you haven't. It's been 18 months, and you haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, that was mind blowing. If you have it, it's too late. Because you know, we yeah, we chatted about this 12 months ago and 18 months ago about doing these things and taking these steps. Why is it as dealers we don't do it? Or we don't implement it? Or are we scared? Do we not have the courage? Is it too much work? Is it like changing the ship? We're like old dog, new tricks. I would say it's lazy. Yeah. We're afraid of people quitting. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, man. Oh, man. Bobby yeah. sells a lot of cars. If I, I tell him to start I, using hey, this tech. I know he's a pain in the butt. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I wish I could fire him. He's my number one guy. Mm. So the other guys are demotivated by Bobby, yep. who's a jerk. Because they're, knows they're he's flunking a jerk. out. Right. They're, uh, and everything he does is wrong. You're making me do it right. Yeah, but yes. you said, but that's Bobby's way. Mm. So now he's the exception to he's the rule, exception. right? He gets away with then it. Then everybody's an exception. Why not? Yeah. Mm. Why not? I sold as many as he did last month. By the grace of God, I sold as many. Yeah. So I want to be excused too. Yeah. Bobby comes in when he wants to. Me too. No, you can't. Why? Because you're not Bobby. And you say, no, you're not Bobby. Is that the old adage of being held hostage, excellence being there held hostage go, by mediocrity yep. or something? That's that? right, you're being yeah. held hostage by your employees. Oh, and it's, well, it's too good. Uh, the employee okay. steals. I can't fire him. Right. Well, I don't want to fire him. He's a good it. guy. And he doesn't steal that and much. And he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> he, doesn't <steal> <laughs> <much>. <laughs> he doesn't steal that much. But he's got a good attitude and when he, he does it. Let me tell you something. He's never asked for a race since he's been here. <laughs> I bet he has. You know why? Because he's been stealing. Yeah, but he's my number one guy. So looking forward, Joe, we know what we've been through. Where do you see us going? If you could look into your crystal ball and make a prediction for dealers, where do you see us needing to be? I think you see looking at efficiencies. How can you do it faster? Ah. How can you do it faster with less people? That is what I want to hear. Thank right, you. Yeah, right now, I don't need, uh, if I want to sell 100, I don't need to figure out any 10 salespeople selling 10. That math never was good. If someone mm. made that up at some conference or sales yeah. seminar, uh, and said you should have 10 salesmen and uh, you're going to lose some, so on and so forth. The fact of the matter is, you know, your salesmen should be selling faster, so I don't need as many. It should not take four hours to close a deal. Right. So if I can shorten the selling process by doing more of it online, yes. so that it's more of a transactional issue when I come in, mm -hmm. it doesn't take me four hours, it takes me an hour. And that salesman can sell, close the deal, wrap it up, and go on to another up. Otherwise, he's watching ups while he's still stuck with him and F and I, which right. that's the other slog. Mm. Selling process could be fast, but it I have some customers sitting in F and I for hours. Yeah, oh, but, but they haven't just held me down. Oh. <laughs> so if, if our process and, and, and customers hate, hate that, no, part no, of the no, they just oh my god, oh, that yeah. is the worst department is this F and I department. Yeah, we make it pure hell. <laughs> so you're saying if we if we have better processes, mm -hmm. obviously we revamp them because we're working on our business, we're making those processes better, but then we're using technology to become more efficient. You know, you talk about that with mm -hmm. underwriting. Right. Why are they sitting in underwriting after they picked out a car? You know, we flip it around, we've got the we steps do it already. Habit. We've been doing it for 75 years, that's a habit. Yeah, so so we, we challenge that status quo of like, okay, how can I do this faster with less people? And how can I bring <laughs> technology in? And now that I have these two or three technology 
resources, can I? Do I not need that person, or can I reassign them that to a better place? That person has been disappearing, or the role's been changing. I don't have to rehire them when they leave. So, we talk about that, and, and since since I've talked with you, we've really had a, um, I guess a scalability is not a word, but a, a huge increase in online retailing companies, Carvana, Vroom. Um, what what do you think about those companies? Where I mean, are they going to take us all down? Where are where do we fit in that cog as an independent dealer? I have been looking at Carvana for many years. I looked at it closely because I heard dealers laugh that Carvana will die. They can't keep that model up. I've heard they haven't made a profit since they yeah, opened. They're, they're losing money on every sale. They're losing money on every sale. We, we've had this discussion. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. And everyone <laughs> thought yeah. they, they, they're going to disappear. The fact of the matter is, it's not for everybody. Customers mm -hmm. do like it. Not every customer does. Uh, but there's a certain market that likes it. Uh, I don't like Uber. I like a taxi. Uh, I mean, it's just the way I am. It's how mm -hmm. I do. I won't order uh, a pizza and have an automated truck to my house. Don't like that. Because I can leave my house to go to the automated truck. And I ordered pizza because it was raining or cold. Yeah. So this makes no sense to me. Ah, okay. right? <laughs> so a robot comes Yeah, that makes here. Yeah, until it comes to my door, it makes absolutely no sense to me. So as you take a look at Carvana, well, they figured out. We can sell cars, sell at a loss, and we make money F and I. But franchise dealers have been doing this for years. They have been selling cars at a loss. Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, we're all losing money on new car sales. They're yeah. making money on service, mm. on parts, and F&I. It's called fixed coverage. Mm. And that's the word we beat to death uh, with a franchise dealer. We beat to death fixed coverage. That you should be able to sell a car at zero. Mm. At zero. And have service business to cover all your expenses. Mm. So when you sell one car, you're profitable. I think you told me, and I don't know if this number is still holds true, but for every car you sell, what was the re additional revenue that, that a new car store? $33,000. 33000 yeah. And that customer was worth like $250,000 oh, over, yeah. over their Over their lifetime, yeah. Right. Over their lifetime. In revenue. I mean, so that's that's, by the way, that's one of the challenges of electrification. Electric cars don't need that service. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because I wrote down Tesla because I want to talk right. to you about that. They've changed the business model on the franchise dealer um, is what it looks like to me. Mm -hmm. You know, we're shipping new cars to people's houses. Mm -hmm. Um, we're making money on the car, and they're probably making money. They probably own a finance company, this, that, and other. What is this going to do to what we know as a franchise store now? Do you think Tesla's going to change it, or do you think they're going to evolve on their own? Well, Tesla's already changing. You know, Tesla's, uh, you know, with companies that make batteries for other cars, but they're Tesla batteries. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tesla is looking at sharing the electrification socket. Right now, it's like having Android versus um, Apple. And yeah. Apple, darn plugs don't fit. Right. Right. So you're looking at, well, if you go to a Tesla station, which could be available, uh, can you put a, a generic charger? Yep, that's their answer now, and charge. So that is an income stream for them as well. So Tesla hasn't made the money on the cars like we think it has. There's other investments yeah. that they're making their money on. All right, so yeah, take a look at that. Look like dealers. I know a lot of dealers who are broke in the car business, but they made their money in real estate. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's how they get the helicopters and boats. It's not selling uh, the cars. That's the ego part of the business. Uh, their money is in real estate and something else that uh, that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to get an open mind where it's coming from. Electric cars, you're better off in another service. Financing certainly one of those. Uh, look at accessory sales. Yeah. That's certainly another one of those. Mm -hmm. uh, I always question independence. How well do you do selling accessories? 
and, and most of us say not very well. Not very well. <laughs> I still see the same nasty floor mats that in the car that we traded with, mm. right? And that you steam cleaned to death. <laughs> with that extractor that With that broken. extractor that doesn't work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> that you would put your bare feet on. Exactly. You know, why, why didn't you offer you know, floor mats? Why aren't you offering WeatherTech type of uh, yeah. floor mats? Mm. There's money in that, and people will pay it. Yeah. You know, what accessories can you offer that, that you don't? That's, there's good money in it. Once I make the big decision to buy a car, I'll buy the other stuff. The rest is yeah, easy. Yeah. The rest is, that's chump change. And I'll say, once you got me on a big yes, I'll yes everything else. 100% yeah. of the product, 100% of the time, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if a lot of it can be flipped at F&I and just <laughs> tucked it into your load. I mean, it is going to cost out. $3 a month. Who cares, right? You think the airlines are not, are, are they going to go back to not charging you for your bags, not charging you for the more leg room. Of course not. They learned. This yeah. is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I came to a hotel here uh, at the convention and they were told right up front, we're not cleaning your room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When that's ever coming back? Oh, yeah, you think that's coming back? No. I'd be willing to bet you Marriott is, is saving millions of dollars a day by not having to do that, right? Oh, absolutely. I called I called uh, operator last night. I said, look, uh, I'm calling for tomorrow. Would you pick up my trash? I felt like I was home. <laughs> you know, my trash can was filling up. You have yeah. someone at home you can call to pick up your trash. Yeah. In your room. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's, she's, yeah. she's not going to be listening yeah. to this. Yeah. I regain consciousness. <laughs> hey, sweetheart. Yeah. Uh. I, I was only kidding. You know, the fact that I had to call somebody. You think they're actually going to go back to day by day service? No chance. No chance. Mm. No. God, yeah. Just, yeah. We don't change our towels every day at home. We don't change our sheets every day. You go. We got this figured out. And we're saving the world because we're not using all That's that other stuff. That's what they're getting us on, is yeah. saving the world. Saving Altruistic, the world. Yeah. yeah, they're getting... Uh, yeah. Well, Joe, it's been great, and um, <laughs> we got to do this again sometimes. Um, this is fun. Yeah, is. people that want to get a hold of you and learn more about you and what you do and how your way of thinking, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, I guess there's two ways. One is just text me. Just tell me who you are when you text me. Okay. Otherwise, I think you're trying to get, uh, give me that warranty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're selling the extended warranty. <laughs> yeah, and as you get older, you, they try to sell you different things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so text me at 989-859-0960. Okay. Or if it's something but longer, uh, send me an, uh, uh, an email. And that's uh, Joe, J-O-E, at Joe Lescota. J-O-E-L-E-S-C-O-T-A-M-E-T. M-E-T. Right, Joe at Joe, good, M-E-T, uh, dot com, and tell me here's what I'm looking for. If you give me as much information up front, and I can do kind of some research, then call you back and not waste each other's time. Otherwise, I can call you back, and you're going to go yeah. through a story. I'm getting bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look up, uh, there's, I know there's stuff, uh, you've got, some of your keynotes are online, they're on YouTube, right. I've seen yeah. them, yeah. like, yeah, definitely research all that stuff from Joe, because Joe's thought pattern, his way of thinking is just, it's... It's, it's forward. It's next level. Anyone, sure you anyone knows it. me knows you really don't want to call me if you, if you have really thin skin. No. You know, don't bring him to your store yeah. if you have thin skin. I actually, I actually met a dealer here, and he was just, we were just so happy to see each other. I says, you don't call me. He says, that's because last time you kicked my butt, and I'm trying to heal. I and said, that's the truth. Yeah, I friends. mean, I just... I'm not here to make you feel good. You want to feel good? Buy a Hallmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Call get your a, mom. Pu- you know, get a puppy. Call your mom. You know, I'm here to... Give reality. You know, this good. is it, you know? and we need it. Everyone does. Yeah. Uh, and I know those guys. Well, you got to kind of walk around this nice sense of. Then don't call me. Yeah. Well, know? I tell you. Sometimes the kid's ugly and your baby's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, thank you for helping us I dealers all the time, yeah. and uh, we look forward to seeing you around NIADA some more. So. I got a session. Yeah. Awesome. See you. Thank, thank you. you. So glad you joined us. 
Please take a minute to leave us a review and share this podcast with a friend. The Independent Dealer Podcast. Dealers helping dealers.